Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome once again to uh, another episode on the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me, but not just me, on the show again today. We're in the middle of this um, conversational mini-series with uh, a few of my buddies, basically. And um, it's been great fun so far and I am delighted to be looking forward to this next conversation because we always have a good old chat. And uh, RuPaul Patel, welcome to the Property Voice podcast once again. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Richard. Uh, I'm doing really, really, really well. You are indeed. We just had a very quick catch up before we hit record and already I could hear uh, some of the great things. I'm sure we're going to get into that, but welcome back. I thank always you. love our conversations. They're stimulating, they're wide ranging, yeah. not often short and, <laughs> you know, just, just really good fun. So yeah. it's great, great for you to be here. So um, I think, you know, just, uh, it would be useful. You've probably gone through this again, but um, just set the scene about where you're at right now and what you're doing a little bit. Just, what, I know you've changed a bit um, yeah. probably since you first came to talk with yeah. our, my audience, but just sort of a bit, a bit of a recap and then we may be able to plug those gaps and see what, how, how that happened. That sounds great. Um, to put it very simply, I'm effectively living my dream. So for a long time now, I knew and tried to find ways to do a lot more writing professionally, as well as doing a lot more speaking professionally and to bigger audiences. And um, for at least the past two years, I've been able to do a lot more writing and speaking. And the main focus of my work now are those two things. So uh, writing, I've got a book coming out in a few months time. And then, yeah, it's exciting. And then also the speaking, I've been really just doing some wonderful speaking engagements for corporates, for um, large companies, big conferences, but also small teams and, and, and that kind of thing. And so those are two of the, the big two of the big three pillars of what I'm doing at the moment. So there's the speaking, there's the writing, and then also I'm doing a lot of advisory and leadership work. So that's working with founders, leaders, uh, you know, sometimes it's corporate teams, sometimes it's just individuals, but really the, the fundamental thread in that work is just helping people unlock their potential and get out of their own way. Yeah. And, you know, we've had lots of conversations. I can vouch for you being able to help people get out of their own way when you know, <laughs> you've helped me sometimes get out of my own way. So uh, it's, I'm sure you've got that. But the writing and the speaking, um, let's just go back there. And by the way, there yeah. is some gap because people will be going, hang on a minute. Didn't you have a report on uh, the Women in Property um, <laughs> series not so yeah. long ago? And I didn't hear the word property in yeah. the three pillar uh, yeah. intro. So yeah. I don't know if you want to pick, pick that. Yeah, up. sure. I mean, for me, and I, this may have come up in one of our many conversations, Richard, but for me, property was often, well, it was very, very concretely for me, a means to an end in the sense that I knew when I first got started in property that 
one of the things I wanted to get out of it, in addition to creating beautiful homes, providing, you know, really high standard accommodation and homes and all that great stuff, I knew it would, or I wanted it to help me buy back my own time because I knew I was going to be one of those portfolio career people or, um, you know, someone who had a lot of different strings to their bow. And I just didn't know what the next thing was, but I knew there was going to be a next thing. And so I still am very actively involved in my property business or our property business, but it's no longer the the bulk of where I'm focusing and investing my time and my efforts. It's something that we've systemized, operationalized in a lot of ways to require a lot less day-to-day input from me. And while going on that journey of building and scaling our property business, I started to gravitate more and more towards the things that people were asking me to do informally. So I got so many requests for, you know, mentorship or people would ask me questions or send me emails. And I found that I loved helping other people with the expertise that was property specific that I was gaining um, and always increasing, but also with some of the bigger picture mindset related things that are true across the board in business and in life. And as I did more and more of that work, I started to see, well, actually, I love seeing the transformation I can help achieve in other people. And I want to find a way to do that with more of my time. And so that's sort of how that shift started to happen. It happened very organically through my property work, but then I consciously chose to focus more and more on it and then not just work with people in property, but work with founders, work with um, other leaders. And now it's, you know, literally companies and and people with within organizations across all sectors um, and property is just one small part of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for, you know, filling in the, the pieces there or joining those dots. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, um, so a lot of people think, you know, they have they have to love property to yeah. get involved in property. Um, and it's, you just said kind of it was a means to an end, right? Yeah. So it was the ROI, which let you get to an ROT, you know, so yeah. your time. So from yeah. return on investment to return on time. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of people talk about, financial freedom which yeah. property is an obvious you know one of the obvious ways not the only one obviously yeah. uh, that you can realize that achieve that but yeah. you talked you talked about time freedom yeah and i think uh, so many a lot of people i'm speaking to as well um are, are talking about that time freedom and and more that it's a means to an end and the end is the time freedom so they can do what they want with that time yeah and in, in your case um speaking writing you know um corporate advisory or individual leadership advisory um, has become your, uh, you know, the thing you want to do with your time by the sound of it. So yeah, well done. You, by the way. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's all very exciting. And I think, you know, look, everything we do can serve a purpose. And that's one of the things that I think uh, often trips people up is that they think that their career or their marriage or their hobbies have to have a specific and all-consuming meaning. But sometimes it's just one thing. You know, your career can be the defining thing about you, or it can just be a thing that you do that then enables you to fund what defines you or what you want to define yourself. And so property can be many things. For some people, you know, it is the end in itself. They love property. They love, you know, everything about it. For others, it is a means to a different end. Um, And for others, it's something in between. And I think 
fair enough. You know, as long as you're acting with integrity and with um, high standards and good values, then it's okay that it isn't what what one thing doesn't become the be all end all of your existence or your you know self worth or your self identity or anything like that, and it can just play a part in the bigger picture of your life. Yeah, there's a couple of um, images coming into my mind as you're talking and I'm hearing you. The patchwork quilt is sort of definitely, yeah. you know, that one that springs to mind. And I think, you know, we, we're multidimensional. We've, you know, exactly. hopefully got a little bit more interest or, or interests about yeah. us than, you know, being, you know, just about this or that or the other. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes if we peg ourselves to a certain outcome, yeah. Um, what happens when we get that outcome? You know, exactly. we, we can find ourselves, you know, a little bit uh, floundering. Maybe yeah. I, I had someone come to talk to me. We we were, we bought a business recently, so that's part yeah. of my, my migration. And um, yeah, I was, I was kind of nudged along to talk about my wider purpose. Yeah, um, you're going. This this episode will uh, follow the one I did with Kemi, by the way. Yeah. And um, so it was Kemi who kind of pushed me and said, right then, Richard, walk that plank and share your personal um, vision. And I was like, yeah. um, I kind of wasn't, you know, wasn't kind of ready for it. Anyway, I did. And it was obviously from the heart because I hadn't hand scripted anything. Yeah. And then someone came, a couple of people came up afterwards and, and they said some nice things, which is great. But one of them actually said to me, I'm looking to find my purpose or refind, mm-hmm. rediscover, mm-hmm. I think the word was, rediscover my purpose because I thought my purpose was my kids. Yeah. But they've all grown up and left home now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I realized that, you know, I, you know, that was what I was living for. Yeah. They were who I was living for specifically. And now they're kind of, they're okay. They're on their own. They don't, they don't really need me, uh, you know. And so what do I do with my life? Yeah. And so I think, and then you're obviously going through, I gave her a couple of pointers. I should have pointed her in your direction by the sound. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I gave her a couple of pointers about how to perhaps did we discover that or um, yeah. reconnect with it? Because yeah. I think it's within all of us, but it takes some digging out and it can shift sure. over time. A hundred percent. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, it's funny because um, it's something that I am also very conscious of and, uh, you know, have had conversations with other, with others about. And I think, again, we can sometimes put too much pressure on ourselves to find our one purpose maybe we have multiple purposes. And I, the key thing for me has always been to live a very uh, open-minded and experimental or have an experimental approach to life. And so, you know, for people like that woman who was asking you about, you know, how does she refine her purpose or find a new purpose? One of the things that I do, and I, and I can say from my own experience, but also from others who I've sort of, you know, worked with on this is just keep your eyes open. You know, if there is a small little thing that strikes your fancy, try it out. You know, if all of a sudden, you know, some people, I don't know, I'm making this totally up on the fly, but like, if you love watching Strictly Come Dancing and you think, oh, wow, dancing might be fun, take a, take a ball and dancing class, right? I mean, there are so many endless possibilities that we can all pursue, but we so often stop ourselves from exploring or experimenting because we think, oh, but you know, I'm too old or it's too late or I'm going to suck or I don't know where this is going. And that's the whole point. You don't know where it's going. And sometimes it's just worth going on the ride to see where it goes. And I think a really poignant example on this uh, sort of idea of, of just going where, going where it goes is Years ago, when you and I talked um, after one of our many conversations, you planted the seed to me about, hey, have you ever considered doing a podcast? 
And I thought, oh, I hadn't until that second, but I thought, let me give it a go. It sounds like an interesting idea. I love having conversations with smart people and different people and folks from totally different backgrounds and industries, et cetera. Maybe it'll be a fun thing. I didn't then put all of this pressure on myself to say, oh, but it has to be a number one best-selling or you know, highly rated podcast and it needs to get millions of downloads and I need to find sponsors and monetize it. I just went on the ride. I started asking around. I came up with an idea for what the podcast would be generally about. But, you know, I just had interesting conversations with interesting people and just took the ride for its own sake. And to this day, you know, some people listen to it. Some, a lot of people don't. There've been some really, really wonderful relationships I've developed through it. Some friendships that have come from it. And again, it, it hasn't been anything that I've ever tried to force into being more than it is. I just let it be what it is. And so if at some point it becomes something I can monetize, great. But if not, I'm still going to have fun having these conversations and meeting these interesting people. And I think it's similar in the bigger picture for others who are looking to find a purpose or something that excites them. I think it doesn't even have to be your life's purpose. It can just be something that keeps your life interesting and just explore for the sake of exploring, try things, do things. If you've got the luxury to do it, then by all means, just go where the ride takes you. Absolutely. I mean, by the way, bravo. I think I'm going to send this recording to the lady. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate she connects with you, but I, I maybe I don't want to be too revealing. But, yeah. uh, in, in the conversation that we uh, had briefly, she, uh, she she's, you know, that the, the environment in this office is really warm. And mm. one of the reasons why it's warm is they, there's a lot of cake. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> And this particular lady is responsible for quite a lot of that cake, you know, uh-huh. and, and baking it. I mean, you know, and stuff like that. And um, so that was one element, you know. And then the second element was she revealed to me that she's in, involved in her local community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I might be a little bit wrong about this, but I think it was more elderly mm-hmm. um, in her local community. And I just, I just sort of said to her, I said, Maybe there's something in that cake and, yeah. and the old. Maybe you know, just go with it and see how yeah. it is. Maybe she's working; she has a job. Yeah. But you know, the purpose could be outside of that. Of course, um, it doesn't have to be her day job. But you know, of course, baking cakes, which is you know, I think she obviously puts her love into yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, you know the community element. Um, you know, obviously, who's who's going to criticize that? Yeah. You know, it, so anyway, I don't know. I'm going to have to recap with, uh, catch up with her because it, I do remember, and I did plan to go back, circle back, and just go. How's that thought process going? But yeah. you started this by saying like little seeds, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, you said I sowed that little seed, and then yes. you know, um, I don't want to take too much credit for that, but you know, no, you should, you can. <laughs> you planted it, you watered it, yeah. you tended it, etc. Yeah. And that was that. The other thing I was going to say, just as a bit of a, a bit of a random thought. Um, yeah. I heard the other day, I think I'm right in saying this, you might know, um, Rod Stewart. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you might know Rod Stewart, but yeah. maybe you do. Um, but Rod Stewart, apparently he's got a, a, a hobby with uh, model... The trains. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the great thing about it is that... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing your thunder. Go for it, Richard. No, Tell no, me where no, you're no. going with this. Oh, go. I'm, well, I'm, so, sorry, yes. where I think the context in which I heard it was about how 
He's also just really mediocre. He hasn't tried to make it this thing that he perfects or that has taken over his life. It's just something that he does for its own sake and for his love of doing it. And, 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 and I guess connecting that to sort of the question that we started sort of answering together, sometimes that's okay. I think, again, this idea that everything has to lead somewhere and a hobby has to turn into a career or a career has to turn into a purpose or, you know, a purpose has to turn into our life's meaning and a legacy. It can, but it doesn't have to. And the great thing about, as you said earlier, all of us human beings being multidimensional and multifaceted and multi-interested is that we can dabble. We can be mediocre and happy at lots of different things. And, you know, Rod Stewart also played semi-professional or maybe not even semi-pro football. You know, he didn't turn that, turn it into this desperate thing of like, oh, but now I have to, you know, be, you know, become a, a Rangers starting, you know, starting captain or whatever. He's like, that's just something I did because I enjoyed doing it. And so, the model, the model trains thing. I think, and gosh, I wish I remembered now where I heard I, this. I know where it came now, and where? I know why we. I know why we both know it, because um, you you tipped me off. You've tipped me off on a couple of books recently, and uh, the most recent one is Four Thousand yes. Weeks. Yes, that's exactly where we're getting it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, why do we have this information? <laughs> I couldn't remember myself. I thought it was in the newspaper. Um, well, yeah, thank you for remembering that. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. No, exactly right. And in fact, actually, that's a really good book. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, my pleasure. It, it flips the whole idea of like time hacking and productivity yeah. and yeah, to-do yeah, lists yeah. and all that yeah. on its head. And yeah. um, it really talks about what is important. Yeah. And you've just summarized it so well. I don't need to really reiterate. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It yeah. just has to be your deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and to give, give yourself the luxury to also change what's a big deal or what's a little deal in your life. And, and, and that's okay. You know, again, like maybe going full circle, like one thing doesn't have to be everything, you know, you can get emotional satisfaction from one thing, physical, you know, and sort of, uh, well-being satisfaction from something else, professional and intellectual satisfaction from other, like we can create these hodgepodges of, of where we're getting our sense of fulfillment and it, it can, it's okay to do it that way. Yeah. It reminds me of John, uh, Dr. John Martini there, because um, he always talks about, we're always in balance mm. with challenge and support in particular, he was talking about, but we're always in balance. And he went on to say, so there's always an equilibrium, mm-hmm. which another way of saying balance, I know, but whatever. Yeah. And um, if you're feeling, you know, you, you've got a particular relationship or scenario or situation where you're a bit too stretched and you haven't quite got the support. Well, he's basically saying in your wider life, you will get compensated yeah. with the support perhaps elsewhere. So you don't always look for equilibrium or balance in the one place or the one relationship. That's right. Um, and I think that's really important. That's one thing I wanted to bring up. And the second yeah. thing, you, I know you'll have a lot of wisdom to add to this. The second thing is about change. Yeah. And um, so funnily enough, there's somebody recently who... Um, there was a recent acquisition and um, the the role that they ha- had was already starting to change. And then we identified it probably needed to change a bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and they, were, they were struggling and they couldn't initially uh, cope with that. Mm. Eventually, though, um, after a lot of wrestling and struggle and mm. possibly thinking it was an external issue, 
Yeah. Um, that person turned around and said, actually, it's internal. Mm -hmm. I realize now that um, I was going on that, I was going on that path, but isn't my path. Yeah. And so what they actually said is, I'm going to quit. But yeah. we had a really nice conversation literally today. Yeah. And we talked about change. And there's yeah. change that we choose. And yeah. there's change that's chosen for us. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes we have to respond, especially to the change that's, you know, thrust upon us. Yeah. And that's what that person has now done. And now they're at peace with it. Actually yeah. at peace with it. So they haven't quit in a temper. Yeah. Um, and they haven't quit going... I hate you. I hate this place. Or, <laughs> yeah, it's actually really nice. And then yeah. you know they're going to find their new path, yeah. which might bring maybe take them back to a place they were before. That and that's yeah. absolutely cool. And I said yeah. it's, it's unrealistic to think that you're going to have forty years service and a gold watch and things like that yeah. in the modern era. Yeah. So anyway. I said, that's just a couple of anecdotes, and I bet you've yeah. got something to come back on, RuPaul. Yeah. No. I mean, I think sort of to that first point of things being in a universal balance but in a individual imbalance is so so true and it's one of the things that is just a fact of life but where we make it harder for ourselves and where the world tells us we have and how the world makes it harder for us is this idea of and I hate the phrase so much because it's just total bullshit is work-life balance first of all there's no separation between work and life Work is part of your life and your life you bring into your work. So there's no separation at all. So even the idea of having balance between the two suggests that there is a separation, which there isn't. But secondly, this idea that balance is the goal is also just unrealistic. Life is all about managing the sort of teetering and tottering of what it means to be human. But in the bigger picture where there's been a skew over time that will rebalance itself. It's just not in any one instance. So for example, I know that I have certain things that I care about fundamentally and I value and big picture it's health, like my personal physical and, and um, yeah, physical and nutritional health. It's family and it's my work because my work helps me make an impact, a positive impact. Now, at any given moment, I'm doing pretty well on one and okay on another and really <laughs> shit at a third. And I know that that's just how it is because I am one person with a finite amount of time, energy, you know, resources, headspace, all of that kind of stuff. And if I told myself I had to balance it all perfectly, I'd drive myself crazy. I'd get really frustrated. I'd put unrealistic demands on myself and it just wouldn't work. And what I do very consciously instead is say, you know what? I know this is the one thing that I'm going to let slide for now. So in the present moment where I am much more focused on my family, because I've got a one-year-old daughter and a four-year-old and, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot I don't want to miss. <clears throat> excuse me um and a lot that i thank you and a lot that i want to be present for and also in my work you know there's been some really wonderful momentum that's building that i don't want to stop and so my physical fitness i have consciously chosen to put on the back burner of course i make sensible choices in the interim anyway it's not like i've turned from you know eating salads to eating crisps and nothing else but you know it's again consciously choosing that that is not going to get the best of me at the moment. And that's okay. And then when the tables are a little bit different, when my kids are a little bit older, maybe need me less or whatever else it is, 
then maybe I can dial it up on, on sort of refocusing on my health and never ever letting any one of those things totally go, but choosing which one is going to get less of my priorities. And it really is just about making those choices very consciously instead of forcing ourselves to try to unrealistically perfect them. Because that's what people always are talking about when they talk about balance. They're never talking about actual balance. They're talking about perfection, about whatever standard they've created for themselves or that has been foisted on them and to get it all right. Well, I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. So take that as a fact of life because it is, and then make your choices very, very specifically and very consciously about what you're going to let slip and what you're going to, to focus on. I think that you know is, is a really big part of it. And then it also ties into this idea that you raised about change. Again, it's that inevitability that things will change. And as you said so well, sometimes it's change that we choose. Sometimes it's change that is foisted upon us. But we have to choose how we are going to respond to that change. And we all have that choice. We can choose to, you know, in the example you raised earlier, we can choose to be gracious about it and see it as an opportunity for growth or reflection or introspection. Or we can throw our toys out of the pram and say, no, this is, you know, I'm going to sort of scream into the wind and fight this, even though it's the fight I can't win. And so, again, being conscious about the battles we're choosing, being thoughtful about the choices we're making is all we can ever do. And it's, that's part of what it is to be a grown up and to be a human being. And, and so, it, you know, it's, it's nice to talk about these things in very sort of profound big picture ways, but at the end of the day, we are all making choices. And the difference between, you know, those of us who are having these kinds of conversations is that we're doing them consciously instead of letting them be made for us. Very good. And very points well made. I could come back on so many, but you said it so eloquently. I don't need to, I don't think so. But I, one thing I do uh, think I would like to, dwell on a little bit there yeah. is the idea you, you're saying about you know we're, we're a whole person so how can you split and be in balance and things like that so I totally get that absolutely um and then you talk about you know making choices and then conscious choices to you know you let the, the sort of physical uh, uh exercise thing go because you've got yeah. other priorities now and that's cool but just Rupal, let me ask you this question yeah did were you born with that way of thinking did you oh, get some sort of software plug-in <laughs> did you wake up one day with an epiphany um, how did you realize that, you know, um, did it just, yeah. you know, come? So now I definitely did not wake up with any sort of download that, uh, that others weren't given. Um, for me, it's been an evolution and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a nerd at heart. So I love to learn. I love having conversations with people. I love, uh, drawing on, random sources for inspiration and information. And, you know, I'm an avid reader, but I'm also an avid thinker. And so I would say all of these perhaps, you know, maybe more introspective and reflective and maybe even philosophical points that we've just discussed and things that I've started to realize, I've only really been thinking about for the better part of the past 10 years. So I spent the first, you know, three fourths Definitely of my don't, life. You don't have to age yourself. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just did, but I don't think anyone's going to do the math. Uh, but yeah, no, effectively I spent the first, you know, three fourths of my life just being, you know, sort of, I won't say a typical human, but doing that thing of like, you know, not really, not really being too, um, 
how can I say it? I guess not being conscious of a lot of the things that I'm now conscious of. So I've always, I've always been a navel gazer. Part of what, what being a nerd looks like for me is that I've always been somewhat introspective and somewhat sort of what does it all mean? And, and that's part of what has fueled my, my, my passion for just learning and, and, and drawing on different sources, but actually taking that knowledge and then using it and filtering it and finding ways to make it applicable to my life. I haven't really done a good job of until the past 10 years or so. Um, and so, yeah, as I said, it's an evolution. It's It's been something that, again, sort of like what we were talking about earlier, I've just sort of followed the leads and followed the interesting trails or I've had a conversation with someone who's recommended a book and then I've read another book. You know, it's, it's again, it's being, it's that open-mindedness and, and that creativity, or not creativity, sorry, curiosity, um, both about the world, but also about myself and how I operate and then trying to understand how can I, you know, sort of operate at my best? How can I, you know, uh, uh, untap or tap into more of my potential or even test to see what it is and, and that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, it's been a slow, but I guess steady process, uh, but really very focused and, and conscious. Yeah. For only for about the past decade or so. Yeah. Um, brilliant. I think, so many things again came out of that and I was just reflecting because, um, you know, you, you're, I would call it, I'm a lifelong learner or, you know, whatever yeah. language you use, you know, you're, yeah. you're saying, you use the word curious. And I, I think that's such an important yeah. word because if you're curious, then you will just follow those little breadcrumb trails. And then it's amazing what you can discover. Yeah. And uh, if you've got that philosophy or that attitude of lifelong learning or personal growth, that's yeah. what can get you to these places that we're talking about but yeah. um i was trying to illustrate the point that it wasn't it isn't you know i use the whole software download or plug-in <laughs> yeah. because it isn't like that and you no. know it is gradual you talk about evolution and evolution is not necessarily a straight line no first of all and yeah. it's not necessarily without its struggles either yeah. So I think, you know, that's just me reflecting back a, a little bit on that, just to say that, yeah. you know, I'm not going to reveal any of our, you know, deeper conversations, but, you know, yeah. it hasn't always been plain sailing. It hasn't, we no, haven't hell no. all about stuff. So yeah. um, I think having that consciousness, having that, yeah. making a deliberate choice yeah. uh, about what's important, I think is, is the key takeaway there. And change will happen whether we want it or don't. <laughs> exactly. And Richard, I mean, to be honest, for me, there are two fundamental things that I, that always sort of, that I always keep in the forefront. First and foremost is I am really freaking lucky. So yes, you know, you and I have had lots of conversations offline about very specific challenges and obstacles and difficult periods and all, you know, my life has not been, as you said, plain sailing and, and most people's aren't, right? We all face challenges and obstacles and difficult periods and downtimes in different degrees and in different ways. And so that is a very, again, human experience. And it's not something that I have somehow managed to float above, but I know that fundamentally I am a lucky human being because I have my health. I have people I love and who love me. And in the grand scheme of things, I have a really damn good life. I don't have, you know, I have food on the table. I have a warm, you know, warm shelter and, and people who love me. And so that reality is something that we always take for granted. And it's something that I have chosen to not take for granted and to see for what it is, which is the biggest blessing ever, you know, and, and it's not something to take lightly. And it is something that is just, you know, helps me keep perspective on 
any of those times when I am feeling down or low or worried or anxious or going through a tough spot. Yes, the challenges are there. They're always going to be there. But fundamentally, my life is really, really good. And it's it's safe and it's uh, and it's comfortable. You know, I, I hate to take things back to like the global political sort of arena. But like, you know, we don't live in Afghanistan. We don't live in Syria. We don't live in hundreds of other countries around the world where just day-to-day living is a struggle. And so fundamentally, we're all really damn lucky. If you could have time and the luxury to be able to listen to a podcast, then you're doing pretty well, you know, pretty well for yourself. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is in a non-depressing way, I'm also very conscious of how damn short life life is. And that book, 4,000 Weeks, 4, uh, that, well, we were, t- yeah, exactly, 4,000 Weeks on average. And at this point in my life, I've, I've effectively cut through half of them, right? So um, I'm very aware that time, not is running out, but it's, it's, you know, my time on this planet is finite. And I want to make sure that I don't waste it to the set, to the extent that I can. I don't want to waste it in any capacity. I don't want to waste it, you know, being um, uh, unhappy. I don't want to waste it uh, not doing things that I can do or not experimenting. I don't want to waste it just doing the same thing over and over again. And so for me, curiosity, creativity, engagement are really, really important. And so again, anytime there is this uh, sense of like, oh, this, this this is a tough patch or, you know, this is really hard at the moment or whatever. I always force myself to remember like, this is your one shot. What are you going to do to get through this so that you can then meet the next challenge and you can then have another story to tell and you can then, you know, keep going. But, you know, those two things, being really lucky, which we all are, all of your listeners are in some really fundamentally important ways, but also not wasting the time that we've got obsessing over the problems, obsessing over the negatives and just getting shit done and doing our thing and getting effectively sort of getting out of our own way to do it because time will be, will be gone before we know it. Yeah, and as humans, you know, the, the whole Maslow's needs hierarchy yeah. thing, you know, basic, you know, food, shelter, security, etc. Um, you've just highlighted so well, there's lots of places in the world that don't have, you know, those basics. Yeah. Yeah. They're living in, you know, and I think, you know, first world problems, right? We, yeah. we, we're listening, we're talking on the podcast, you know, <laughs> yeah. laptops and phones all around us and stuff yeah. like this. And, um, you know, uh, my, my Skype went off earlier in the call and I was like a little bit irritated because I'm recording <laughs> the podcast. But it's a first world problem, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was going off on my laptop while I'm recording a podcast with my, yeah. my buddy. So um, I'm not worried about a bullet in my back um, yeah. or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, it could be a tennis player in China or something. I, I don't yeah, know oh, but, yeah. I know. Well, and look, first world problems are still problems, right? So there's that thing of like, yes, it's important to have perspective, but also your reality is your reality. So of course it's going to feel more important and bigger and and more meaningful and whatever else. And that's always going to be true and that's fine. But my point is then to flip that on its head and say, look, this is a first world problem. I live in, you know, quote unquote, the first world. Like I have no excuse to not make whatever it is out of my life that I want it to be. So I have, you know, no excuse not to learn all the things, do all the things, be all the things that I think I want to be, or at least explore, because I have that luxury. You know, if we don't take advantage of our privilege, and not advantage in in an extractive and negative way, but if we don't, you know, use our privilege for everything it has given us to live these self-actualized lives or whatever you want to call it, 
then what a waste. You know, what a waste. We're just throwing it out the window. These first world conditions that we find ourselves in, we're really lucky. We have no excuse to not make the most of our lives. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we talked about the opportunity side of, you know, where we are. And you know, even if you happen to be listening to this in a developing country or something, that hopefully because you're listening to this, you have certain opportunities um, as well. Um, I think the other side of it, you did actually touch on. Um, I don't know if we've got, uh, I don't know if you're still with me, Rupal, by the way. Um, I am. Yeah, yeah just yeah. checking. This is the yeah. first world problem with uh, bandwidth. <laughs> But the other side of it, you actually did touch on it, but which was being grateful for what we do have yeah. and just recognizing that. And you also mentioned about just sort of being in the moment and enjoying that. Because by the way, we you you know, and you did say on average four thousand weeks. Yeah. Not everybody gets four thousand weeks. No. So you know, so that's yeah. another thing to keep in mind, a sense of perspective. So, you know, live live the day, seize the day, etc. Um yeah. it doesn't mean we necessarily have to go be go, 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 because it might no. be some but, um, you know, just make the most of what we have and enjoy the journey and the ride. Yeah. And also acknowledge the little things that, you know, the luxuries we have to be annoyed at Skype or Zoom or whatever. And, and you know, uh, this is perhaps maybe too personal an insight, but I often get so irritated at my husband for leaving soap suds on the dishes when before he, you know, before he puts them on the drying rack. And it annoys me to no end. And I always remind myself, be thankful that you have a husband to be irritated at, right? Be thankful that he is a healthy loving partner in my life who is willing to do the dishes, who is, you know, all of these little things that we get irritated at. It comes up in that 4,000 weeks book, actually, at one point where, you know, this, this, uh, one of the, the people cited in the book was talking about how they lost a friend suddenly to cancer. And anytime that person is then in traffic, they're like, you know, what this friend who passed away from cancer wouldn't give to be stuck in traffic. You know, it's like the little irritations that we experience in our lives. Again, we're lucky enough to be alive to experience them. So at least be thankful for that. Certainly. It's funny enough. I, um, I happened to be looking at Facebook earlier. Um, and I hasten to add, I don't spend a lot of time these days, thankfully. Um, but it was, it was my niece's birthday. So um, thank you, Facebook, for reminding me about my niece's birthday. So that's one of the useful things that Facebook does. <laughs> so I'd send her a little message, obviously, stimulated by that uh, notification. Um, and I kind of was in, you know, like, there was a scrolling little thing. It was just for a few minutes, Rupal. I'm sure you won't judge too much. Um, too but there was a, there was a uh, I must, must follow this page. Got, I think it's called Power Positivity or something like that. Or maybe somebody shared it from that page. And it's, it's called The Power of Positivity. But the the little banner or quote or question that they posed was, what is um, what is a, a non-negotiable or not acceptable in, in a partner or something to that effect? Um, which, is, by the way, I didn't think was very positive. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I just had a little scuffle. This, I just wonder what people are writing. And it was like, oh, my goodness me. You know, how did anybody ever choose me, you know, I mean, you know, to be a partner? I mean, I probably leave soap suds on the dishes as well. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm quite pleased because the um, I think one of the, the two things that seemed to pop up a lot were um, bad hygiene, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and being unkind, yeah, um, to people and animals. Actually, funny enough, so yeah. um, I think I passed those two tests most of the well time. So um, you know that's probably what you know my wife sees in me. I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> anyway, it, it, we do lose a sense of perspective. Some people had lists. 
this yeah, I'm sure. No, I'm sure. Oh, oh, it can't be this, can't be that, can't be the other. I'm like, and then the front somebody somebody had a list and they finished it. Oh, now I realize why I'm single. <laughs> That's so I, I was drawn into it and I caught, then I caught myself because obviously yeah. I knew the algo was kind of working. Uh-huh. And, you know, could have been sucked in and I bet you now I'm gonna see a load of power of positivity. Yeah, you are stuff in a feed, you know. Anyway, there we go. Thanks, Facebook, but I'll leave it there. So um, I think I, I really wanted to get into a little bit of um, – you, you, you just dropped it in in the beginning because yeah. you said, I like to speak a lot and I like to write a lot, you know, in yeah. particular. And I know you're also doing some work with uh, more about mental coaching, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. If I've got the three uh, kind of – Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just uh, – you just dropped a bomb on me before we went live. Yeah. You told me about yeah. your book. And I just, just I, know. I just want you to talk about it a little bit. Not, yeah. Not eaten a blatant plug, which yeah. you know, maybe it is, but whatever. But I want you to talk about well, first of all, tell us what it is and when, when yeah. it's going to be available. And let's just talk about the, the process and how that came about and everything. Sure. So the book is called From CIA to CEO unconventional life lessons for thinking bigger, leading better, and being bolder. And it is um going to be published uh, with a big UK publisher in a few months' time. Um, it's already available for pre-order on Amazon. So anyone, shameless plug here, uh, yeah. please go check it out and pre-order it. But um, the the book is is effectively that, you know, the, the subtitle about thinking bigger, leading better, and being bolder. It's a distillation of all of the things that I've learned, that I've developed, that I've um, come up with for myself and for others around those three three sort of topics. And it is another perfect example of sort of following the leads, tuning into your intuition and just being open-minded and willing to explore. So way back when, I mean, literally way back when from the ages of when I was maybe five or six years old, I've always loved to write. I've always written. I've always enjoyed the process of perfectly capturing an idea or a, a, or a setting or, or anything. I just love the intellectual stimulation and the power of words. So I've always written and it's always been uh, a lifelong goal for me to write a book and to, to publish a book, not just write one. Uh, and so again, sort of in the, I would say past 10 or so years now, I started to finally get serious about it. I've always written in some capacity personally and always in some capacity through my profession but finally started to get serious about it. So back in 2013, I think, I wrote a fiction book. And it was a a fictionalized account of my time in the intelligence services and was effectively an homage to to my career at the CIA, to the people and the friendships that I developed there. And it was, I, I wrote it right after I had left the agency and was transitioning into the sort of private sector business world. And it felt like the right time. And so I thought that was my book. That was the one that was going to be published. And so I did all of the things. I reached out to agents and I wanted to, you know, publish it traditionally. And then, you know, whether you believe in the sort of metaphysics of it or not, effectively the muse just left me. And I had gotten it to the point where I had two different agents who were potentially interested in representing me and this book, but they wanted me to make some edits. And I just, I didn't have it in me. 
And it wasn't the work that was required. It was this, again, I'll say metaphysical because I don't know what else it can be. It just, it felt like the muse, the passion, the story wasn't there anymore. And it was there physically. There was a book, but it wasn't in me anymore. So that, that just collected dust. And it's still there collecting sort of, you know, it's not been published. And so, so that would, but, but again, it served a purpose, I guess, going again, full circle, uh, it served a purpose in that it, you know, it was a tribute to my friends who I, who I made while I was there was a tribute to my career, to the work that I did and to the experiences that I had. And it served that purpose, but not necessarily, or at least not to date the one of, 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 of publishing book anyway. So, you know, but I kept writing and I, I did, I, followed the leads, didn't know where it was going to go. I, you know, started writing a blog that nobody read because I didn't tell anybody about it. And then I started <laughs> writing a blog that I did, did tell people about and they started reading it and, you know, I'd get feedback and all of this great stuff. And then I started writing um, magazine articles and all. And, and so it was just being open to the opportunity to write for its own sake, because I loved doing it because I thought I had useful ideas and, and, and value to share with others. And then probably it all started to crescendo again, maybe two to three years ago where I felt like, okay, I've got a book. I've got a book. I don't know what it is, but I've got a book. And again, following the breadcrumb trail, you know, being open, all that great stuff. And then finally it got so that that sort of feeling or that momentum was so almost physically painful that I was like, okay, I have to make this happen. And it wasn't anything that I, again, sort of preordained and was like, this is what it's going to be about. And this is where it's going and blah, 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 blah. It was an evolution, um, you know, and, and it was um, a bit meandering. So yeah. So finally it got to a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. It was that, that energy was almost physically bursting forth. And, um, and so I, I, you know, I, I started to think about, well, what is one of the messages I want to put out there? And I realized that a lot of the work that I was doing one-on-one with leaders or founders, or just unofficially as a mentor, or, you know, in conversations I was having with friends, and it was these three, big three topics, you know, getting people to develop a bigger mindset, thinking bigger. Uh, leadership comes up a lot, obviously, in business settings and how you can be a better leader and in a non-traditional sense, be a better leader. Um, and then this idea of being bolder in all aspects of our lives, because that was one of the journeys that I went on was, you know, going from being, um, I guess, much more uh, limited in what I thought I would achieve, not what I could achieve, but what I would achieve into finally realizing, well, actually, I could pretty much, we all can make pretty much anything happen if we just try and we sort of, there's not, it's not that simple, but you know, there is, there's a way to do it. And so, so that's what I started doing is, you know, I sat down and I did all of the structured stuff. I, I, you know, I worked with some really wonderful people to help me uh, make the ideas coherent and give them um, a structure. And, uh, and then again, it was one of those beautiful things of it just all started to fall into place. So one of the people that I was working with, uh, who's a common contact of ours, Richard, she introduced oh, yeah. me to someone who introduced me to someone who introduced me to someone who then introduced me to my now literary agent. And my literary agent was the one who then went around and shopped my book around um, to you know various publishers. And we had in the end five offers, actually, five author offers from, from big publishing companies. Uh, and we went with 
you know, the, the one we went with now, which is um, Bonnier UK. Uh, and it was, you know, in many ways, it was just the momentum had finally built and the stars were starting to align. And it was, of course, I did the work, I laid the foundation, all of that great stuff. But, you know, it's that idea that you make your own luck. And if I hadn't done any one of those things, you know, the outcome would have potentially been totally different, but I was willing to just ride the ride and then jump on the opportunities as they presented themselves. And, and so now we have a book that's available on Amazon and it's going to be published in a few months. I'm really pleased you just shared so much of that story. And I know it isn't the full story, but um, even now, but I think um, I'm so pleased that you did because it it takes us for a cycle and a a journey. Uh, Mm. I didn't didn't actually know you'd written that first book or didn't remember. Maybe you had told me and I couldn't remember. Um, But um, but by the way, when we're talking about publishing a book, I mean, Mm. I'm just about to launch my third book. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully not too far away, but I'm self-publishing, okay? Yeah. And you've got like a full-on big dog, you know, publishing <laughs> deal. Yeah. And I think money changed hands and things yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when we were first connecting, you were talking about your book idea and project. And it was, you know, it was a, a, a vision, a, a goal, yeah. a dream, yeah. passion. Yeah, I don't believe you had any words on paper at that point. No, it didn't. And, and, you know, it's interesting, Richard, because I think so many of us do this thing of wishing for stuff. We say, oh, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. And and again, as can do as I am, I found myself doing that with my book. And I'd often say, oh, gosh, you know, I want to write I want to write a book. And it was you and a few other people who asked the very obvious question. Well, what's it about? And when are you going to start writing it? You know, and it was, and it sounds so obvious because it is. But too often we do this, right? We take these big dreams and big ambitions, or or small dreams and small ambitions, and we just keep them very theoretical and amorphous. And we say, "Oh, I wish," and then we think that's enough, or we leave it at that. But everything again is imminently doable and imminently possible. But you just have to start doing it. And so it was that question of, "Well, what's it about?" You know, what, when are you going to start writing it? That finally gave me that nudge to say, okay, yes, I need some accountability here. I'm not going to just do it on my own because I haven't done it to point and I need someone to help me with the structure. I know generally what it's going to be about, but you know, I know where my, my sort of weak points are in the creative process and it's in the structure and it's in the accountability. And so I worked with someone who gave me both of those things, you know, gave me homework, gave me deadlines, gave me all of that great stuff to get the ball rolling. Again, I did all of the work, but I had someone help me along the way, a wonderful person who just got me going. And and if, if, I, if that hadn't happened, then the book wouldn't have happened, right? It's not that I'm all of a sudden somehow more capable and more, um, you know, a more qualified author, uh, you know, because I have a book deal. No, I'm the same person. It's just I actually did the work to, to make the book a reality. And so, you know, it's, um, it is sometimes we are, again the our own worst enemies by keeping these goals and these ambitions too theoretical when sometimes all we need is a kick up the backside by some very very kind and very supportive friends but then also the actual practical you know support coaching whatever it is of someone to just get us to get shit done and get it out there yeah so much good stuff there. I'm going to just read something to you that I read on social media this morning. Oh. I'm actually fessing up. This is this is now LinkedIn. So oh. I'm, I've been on Facebook and LinkedIn already today. So 
um, I better watch out. But <laughs> this, this one's um, probably a little bit more, uh, I think, more valuable than the power positivity or whatever it was, positivity one that I referred to earlier. Do you recognize this? I'm just going to read it. Do you recognize this? It says, affirmation without discipline is the beginning of illusion. <laughs> yes, Richard, I, I, I put that out there. <laughs> it's not mine. It's Jim Rohn. Uh, it's Jim but Rohn. it's, yeah, uh, yeah I, I share that on a, on a LinkedIn post, so whatever it was. Yeah. But the, the point about, so affirmation, you know, manifestation and vision, yeah. visioning and, you know, all that stuff yeah. about yeah. wanting um, yeah. something, an outcome, yeah. wanting an outcome. Yeah. But yeah. The, 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 obviously this, the other side of that coin is the, and you were kind of alluding to it, and that's what reminded yeah. me, yeah, um, is definitely. the discipline. Um, yeah. And discipline can come from within. And yeah. if you maybe don't quite have enough of it, then maybe it can also come from without as yeah. well. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, I think, you know, again, going back to this uh, bigger picture stuff, but also, so yeah, so I, I worked with a book coach because she gave me the homework, the deadlines, the accountability, the structure, all of that great stuff. And, you know, similarly, you and I offline, were talking about, you know, Jessica Ennis Hill. She didn't become a, an Olympic heptathlete on her own. Yes, her capability was always there. Yes, she did all of the work and the training, but she worked with some damn good coaches to help her get out of her own way, to give her the structure, the accountability, the, the tips, the tweaks, all of that great stuff. And it's that combination of innate ability that is then you know, sort of just helped along the way. Again, nobody else is doing the work for you, but it's helping it out, making it that much better, making the tweaks, providing, you know, the various external things, whether it is, uh, you know, discipline or structure or whatever that some of us might need help getting. And that's fine. You still did the work, right? Just Jess Hill isn't any less of a heptathlete because she has a coach than if she tried to do it on her own. If anything, she is a heptathlete because she did have a coach and did have help, you know? So, so yeah, we, we often overcomplicate it when the answers are, are sometimes really obvious and the support is really easily available um and we just make it harder than it needs to be so yeah i'm glad you you brought that up richard that combination of the affirmation yes have the self-belief have the vision have the goal but you need to pair that with the discipline of action of of very targeted and specific action and just keep on doing it you've got to do the work i mean you, yeah. you're talking about it, things are going really well for you right now for example and um, yeah. you're blessed and grateful about yeah. that and humble with it too. I know you are, but um, we, we were sort of speculating how many years it was before you became yeah. an overnight success. You know, <laughs> yeah. we didn't settle on the exact timeline, but you know, people yeah. don't see all of that necessarily. No. They just see, oh, you know, okay, big big deal. She's a big shot. She's got a book deal, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. there was this wrestle, was a struggle. I think that's yeah. almost a decade because you said was it 2013 um, yeah. when you wrote the first book. Yeah. Um, which we'll never see, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. My 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 editor and my agent are sort of keen to to at least see uh -huh. even the 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 manuscript in its current sort of unfinished state because I don't know, maybe there is something in it. Who knows? There might be, there might not be, but at the end you of the day, it. yeah, it's Sorry. there. So, you know, like I said, it served a purpose, it might end up serving a, a different or additional purpose as well. Well, everything has its time and its place. Exactly. So, um, but the, there was another thing I just couldn't help really, uh, um, going back to this. There's two things yeah. I want to say. The yeah. first is, you remember earlier we were talking about return on investment, and then we yeah. talked, I alluded to return on time, but mm -hmm. there's a flip to the time freedom yeah. uh, that we had 
way back now. And um, but the other one, I'm looking at my whiteboard because I'm going to do some writing about this. Yeah. I've written down ROI, ROT, and the third is ROE. And you probably guess is energy. Energy, absolutely. Yes. Energy. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, well yeah. done for uh, tuning in. <laughs> so um, return on energy. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, so we, we sometimes we were running low energy or it's not that we're not placing it in the right direction and things mm. not happen, you know. Mm. But you kind of illustrated that pretty well with the, the contrast perhaps between the two books. Um, so people should draw on that. The other thing I just want to um, say, and I hope I can keep it together as I say this, because um, I'm reminded actually that, you know, there's a saying that everybody's got a book in them. Yeah. My father said that about himself. Mm. He passed away before he wrote his. And, mm. um, and you know, uh, funny enough, Dan Hill, who was also on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, referred uh, to a, another quotation, which I, I also love, which is, don't, uh, don't die with the music still inside of you. Yeah. Some things like that, I think. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was a small tribute to my father when I wrote my first little book. Um, yeah. Because he didn't manage to get his out. And in, in fact... You know, he he could see the end coming. I won't go into too much detail, but he could see mm-hmm. the end coming. And then he was even going to start, and um, you know, he was he he had a little notebook, and he was going to start doing it. And it just it was an unfinished manuscript. So yeah. I don't know if that was you know I don't know for it, it, he didn't publish it and he didn't write mm-hmm. it. And I think you know I just want to take I've taken that as a as a life lesson. Yeah, you know, that if you if you feel it's right and it's inside of you, yeah. Bloody have a good go at doing it. Yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> not, not a criticism of my father. Uh, no, no. But no. I think it is inspiration um, in many ways. So Yeah, and, you know, as as you said, you know, everyone has a, a book in them, but sometimes that book might be a song or that book might be a business or that book might be a legacy of a different kind. You know, it doesn't have to be an actual book. But it just, it's that thing of, you know what is inside of you. You know if you ever stopped the running around and the putting out fires to tune into yourself, what it is that wants to come out. Or it might even just be an inkling of something that wants to come out. And then again, you sort of follow the leads and you see where it goes and ride that ride. But it's, um, yeah, we all have something, you know, and it doesn't have to be on a grand scale. It doesn't have to be on any scale. It just has to be meaningful for you and for you to feel like you brought something of yourself from within yourself into the world in some capacity. And for some people that might be their children, for some people, like I said, that might be a physical song or a physical book or some other way of bringing something out from within. But yeah, I mean, we all do. Human beings are nothing if not creative just by our very nature. And, and creative doesn't mean, you know, artistic or literary or any of those things. It's we create things. We create on a daily basis. We create ideas. We create stuff. We create relationships. And so it's whatever that quote unquote book looks like for you, bring it out. Yeah. Well, bring it out. Absolutely. So I think, um, so yours is coming out. I think the, you can pre-order, as you say. Is, is it yeah. May? Did you, did you say? Yeah, so yeah. So it's coming out in May of 2022. Um, but yeah, you can pre-order it now if you're willing to wait a few months for it. I'm going to try. I'm going to do that, by the way. Wonderful. Myself. Thank Just, you. By the way, I think authors need to get, you know, the credit and, you know, for their work. 
Um, so I always buy books, you know, I yeah. mean, sometimes somebody, sometimes some people do send them to me or, or, yeah. or give them to me, but I don't, I don't ask. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I will buy it. I will thank you. It and thank I will you. share the link in, in the show notes. And I'm sure, by the way, I've, you know, you can probably tell just by listening to RuPaul, um, that she, the book's going to be amazing, right? Your, your, your thought processes, the, the depth and the breadth of your, uh, your knowledge, your vocabulary, you know, uh, <laughs> your sensitivity to different things. You know, it's going to be a really good read. Absolutely. Aww. I wouldn't have any hesitation. I'm not just bigging it up because you're there on the other side. Um, Thank you. Conversation. I can't actually see you right now because obviously you turned the video camera off. But yeah, um, yeah you, maybe I've made you blush a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Richard. Out. No, no, worries. And um, probably I think just to keep keep the book theme a little bit. So yeah. what's the next chapter, Rupal? What's the next chapter? Not literally. Yeah. Do you know, I think there are more books actually in me. Um, there, speaking of tributes, um, there's a way that I would, I haven't figured out what it's going to look like yet, but I would love in some capacity to, and I hope I hold it together now, um, to pay tribute to my, my family and, and my lineage and, you know, I, I said earlier about how I am so fundamentally lucky and I know I hit the jackpot of life being born into my family. And uh, and I learned such an incredible amount from my parents first and foremost, but my grandparents who I was lucky enough to have lived with us for most of my life. I mean, I all, four of my grandparents were with me until I was in my 20s. And one grandparent is now she's in her 90s and she's still here. And so I had such, a, a, again, a breadth and a wealth of, of wisdom that I just grew up around passively. And so much of who I've become, you know, upon reflection has, of course, been molded and shaped by my experience in my family, as you know, it is for all of us. But there's there's so much more in that that is universal that I'd love to share with the world in, in some capacity. So I think, you know, it's not just going to be a tribute to my family and like, this is how amazing everyone is. Cause, and as with all families, we've had, you know, we've got our quirks and our, uh, our uh, maybe darker side, but um, yeah, to encapsulate it somehow, I think there's, there's definitely something there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's one of the projects that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really excited about thinking through and, and I'm lucky again now to have, you know, the support from a publisher and an agent who will help me make something really wonderful from, you know, some of the various book ideas I've got. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually on the hook to have a, an initial chat about what the next book is going to be like. So that's exciting. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then Richard, I don't know, I, you know, I would love to just keep doing more of what I'm doing, but I also know that, you know, the world is an interesting and ever changing place. And so uh, I'm happy to just see where things go. You know, I don't like to plan or, or make definitive statements about anything other than, you know, I know fundamentally that whatever I do is going to have a large element of giving back, of helping other people, of indulging my curiosity and my creativity. And, and let's just see how it goes and where, where it goes from here. Fantastic. I mean, um, you still got a podcast, right? 
do. Yeah, it's on hold at the moment. I'm not doing any more live uh, or not doing any more new episodes until after the book is launched, just because that's, uh, that is taking up quite a lot of my creative energy. Uh, but it, but it's still there. The, the back catalog has some fantastic people on it. It's really, really wonderful conversations. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on sort of relaunching it in a few months. Are you doing something to keep it, uh, momentum going in the, in while you're taking a break? Uh, the, the podcast? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just reminding people that it's there. So it's uh... Uh, okay. Maybe maybe not for now, but if you listen in, maybe next week because yeah. Shiggy, who does my podcast production, yeah, and he's absolutely amazing and oh. you know, kind of a bit bonkers at times too. Okay, um, but we had a really good conversation about that. Yeah, and um, this is all the reason why these chats have come about is it's a bridge. Yeah, um, between the old podcast and the new podcast. Yeah. And um, Shiggy's got some ideas about how the, the bridge can be built and extended oh. um, and the podcast can still be there, even though I'm not necessarily there or hardly there. Okay. So I'm going to share that with you offline. Please but, do. Um, um, but I just want to go back to the family quickly because, and I know we're, we're with the time element, um, but I, I, I can't leave this conversation without something you said. You said your father. What did you, you say your father said? Before yeah. You He's well, yeah, he's he's given me lots of pearls that, that you know I didn't register at the time and only now with some you know sort of reflection and, and wisdom of age, I guess. Um, but when I think I was in college, uh, so you know, late teens, early twenties, when he said to me, and I cannot remember the context, but he's like, Ruby, you know, there will be times in your life where no matter what you do, everything will go wrong. And there will be times in your life where no matter what you do, everything you touch will turn to gold. And that has been such a strangely reassuring and true uh, sort of prediction uh, to the extent that he, he meant it to be. But what I find so liberating about it in some counterintuitive way is that no matter what you do part. So sometimes well, actually all the times we cannot control the outcome. We just do what we do and we try our best and we give it a go and all that great stuff. But regardless, sometimes we'll fall flat on our faces or the world will shut us down or shut us out or, or other times we'll do the same thing and it'll all of a sudden, you know, turn into this beautiful, amazing thing. Um, but there is an element of just real reassurance in that, you know, it's just, yeah, like I said, just focus on doing you, doing what you do, doing it with integrity, with honesty, with your values as a compass, all of that, you know, wonderful sort of stuff. And then just in a, I guess, in a, almost like a Zen slash Buddhist way, you know, let go of, of the obsession of knowing what the outcome is going to be and trying to force it because it's not, you know, sometimes, again, no matter what you do. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of uh, what's your what's your father's name? I want to give him credit because I'm going to use that quotation. Go for it. Uh, his name is Yogendra. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I might need a, just just to check the spelling. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I would love to give him the credit for that. Um, yeah, and I think it's a really fitting way. I was going to come back with a couple of other bits, but um, we've we've clocked the time, Rupert. Would you mm. be surprised? Um, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've kind of maybe done slightly a little bit more. <laughs> what a shock with you and I. Um, I could I could literally keep talking. Um, and maybe we will after after we stop. Sure. I think this is a good time maybe to draw a line, I think. Uh, yeah. And that quotation that you're saying, you know, um, 
Yeah, and you're in a good phase right now where, you know, yeah. almost whatever you're doing is going well. And, that's, and you, I know you're grateful for it. And it's, um, and, and it's well-deserved and, and after a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work and creative energy, yeah. et cetera. So, you know, don't, you know, don't underestimate what, what it takes to get to that yeah. place. But um, yeah. equally, if there were times where it was maybe dark, it wasn't so good, you know, that's, you know, that's going to happen, but that it will pass as yeah. well. So Exactly. Thank you so much, Rupa. I mean, I've really enjoyed our conversation. We didn't know where it was going to go exactly. No. We we just have a lot of fun. I, well, I, I have a lot of fun. Me too. Um, okay. Good. Well, I didn't want to make any assumptions. And <laughs> um, um, hopefully the audience has got a lot out of it. And yeah. um, if they want to connect with you, Rupa, what, what would be the easiest way right now? Yeah, just go to my website. It's rupalypatel.com. Easy enough. Um, and I, you know, contact me through that. I always respond and, um, yeah, I'd always, you know, be, I'm always open to, to connecting with folks. Uh, and you're well worth connecting to. So, um, Thank Rupal, thanks again. I'm just going to do the quick outro really, um, you know, if I, thanks so much for coming and joining me in these sort of intimate or, you know, meandering conversations. I didn't know what they were going to lead to. My pleasure. Common threads, which I might reflect on by the way. Um, cool. yeah, but anyway, that's, let's see how it all goes. Um, so here we go. Um, thanks very much for listening once again this week to the Property Boys podcast with my guest, Rupert Patel. And uh, the show notes are going to be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. Um, if you want to connect with me or talk about anything from today's show, or you can't remember Rupal's email address, uh, sorry, website, um, you can connect with me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'll pass it on to you. There's going to be some links in the show notes. Guess what? There'll be a book link probably. And, uh, and that website, and you know, the, I'm going to credit your father with that beautiful uh, quotation there. So um, thanks very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Boys podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.